Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Women are incredible creatures. We're unique and incredibly and wonderfully and beautifully made, and we're so complicated, we don't even get ourselves. Half, we don't even understand ourselves half the time. I mean, you know, it's hard enough for men to understand us when we don't even understand ourselves. But deep inside the soul of every woman, deep inside our soul, is this need, this need that cries out from deep inside us. We've got this, we have a need that we need to be loved. Who can agree with that? I just need to be loved. I cannot go one day without being loved. I can't go one day without my kids visiting me, without my grandkids, without feeling loved. I need to be loved and I need to be seen. Who needs to be seen? How many times do you, you, know, do you, do you think, I'm going through life, I'm walking through, I'm doing all the activities of life. I'm, you know, I'm at work, I'm at school, I'm, you know, going through, I'm looking after my kids, I might be with my husband, my boyfriend, or single mum, I'm going through life, but I feel like no one can see me. I feel like I'm going through life, but I feel like no one sees me, and half the time I feel like I don't even see myself. And all the mums in the room went, yeah, I don't even get time to look in the mirror. I remember the days that I, you know, I would look in the mirror and I'd go, oh my God, look at my eyebrows. It's like, it's a month since I plucked them and it's like, I look like, you know, Wolfman or something. And it's like, you know, but you don't, sometimes you don't even get time to look at yourself, let alone look inside yourself, let alone take the time for someone else. And you say, you know, I just, there's a need. I need to be seen. There's also a need to be known. You know, I want, I want to be known. I know about you. I want to be known. I want, I've, I've gone through my whole life with this need inside of me that I need to be known. And this other need we have, we need to be discovered. We need someone to discover us. We need someone to find the hidden treasure inside of us. You know, we all have treasure as women. We all have individual treasure. We all have individual things inside of us. And we're walking through life waiting for someone to discover us. So for someone to, to look at us and go, you're more special than all the girls. You are. You have a greater... To see our precious treasure, our jewels that we have, that perhaps set us apart from anybody else. We're waiting to be discovered. We need to be fought for. Someone say amen or something. You're so quiet. <laughs> Hello? Anybody want to be fought for in this room? You know, say it loud enough that all the men ushers can hear us. We want to be fought for. Okay, great. And we need to be pursued. Like, I don't know what's going on with this Jen. Jessie says yes because she goes, oh, it's her pet hate. Mom, it's my pet hate. You know, why are women chasing? Why are women feeling as if they have to put selfies up on Facebook to be noticed and show their cleavage and, you know, put heaps of makeup on and, you know, why are they doing the pursuing? Why aren't men chasing them down 
just because they're beautiful as they are? Why aren't they being pursued? And there's a need in all of us to be cherished. We just need, I just, I can see a few women going, somebody cherish me before I die. You know, Genesis, in Genesis, it speaks of women being created in a garden. You know that man was created outside the garden, which sort of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, that's why you can never get him to the gardening, Chris. You know, flowers. Phil just mows mine down, like whippers snippers them off. Oh, I thought it was a weed. <laughs> but they were created outside the garden, but we were created inside a garden. We were created in the garden, and we were, we were crowned as the crown of all creation. When God created us, it was almost like he just shouted out, okay, I've made you know, lots of things. I've made light and sky and trees and plants and rivers and oceans and you know, everything that moves and breathes upon the earth. And, and I've made man. And then it was almost like there was this pause, this pregnant pause. And it's like God going, you know, but wait. Was that a drum roll? <laughs> or someone with very bad wind. So. <laughs> then there was this like pregnant pause and it was like God, the whole of creation was like, <gasps> and it was like, and God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so he created woman in the garden, out of the river of man, not out of the dust. He had to create this royalty fashion her with his own hands out of the bone that he had created and present her to the earth. And she was the crown of all creation. She was supposed to be loved. She was supposed to be seen. She was supposed to be known. She was supposed to be discovered. She was supposed to be fought for. She was supposed to be pursued. She was supposed to be cherished. All of creation was supposed to go, (gasps) you know, you know when you go, you, you just see the most gorgeous flower or the most gorgeous, and you go, <gasps> can you imagine when woman walked on the scene, what happened? And the all of creation just went, <gasps> and man looked at it, <gasps> he's still going, <gasps> but he goes, <gasps> now he goes like, <laughs> She was created, she was created to be loved. She was created to be seen. She wasn't created to be seen with half her assets hanging out and eyelashes to the ceiling and, you know, the latest Botox. She was created to be seen for the beauty that she was created in the image of God as the crown of all creation. She was created to be known. She was created to be discovered. She was created to be fought for. She was created to be pursued. She was created to be cherished. But you know, Adam wasn't the only one in the garden. 
You know, that's a, that's a tall order for a guy to, for a guy to fulfill. But Adam wasn't the only one in that garden. You see, she wasn't just created because, oh, well, it's not good for man to be alone, so I better just give him a bimbo. You know, I better give him a chick. I better just throw something at him to keep him happy. She was created for the love of the Father. See, the other one that walked in the garden with Adam and Eve was their father, God. And every day he walked through the garden with them and he looked upon her and he was loving her. He was seeing her. He was knowing, knowing her. He knew her. He was fighting for her. He was pursuing her. And he was cherishing her. Adam was never intended, even in his pre-fallen state, to meet every need that this woman had. Even in his pre-fallen state, he was never intended to meet every need. She was created to pursue, loved, known, seen, cherished, fought for by God by her maker. This is where she, when they walked in the garden, can you imagine walking in the garden with God and God's just looking at you? I mean, God doesn't just look at you. God looks in. God finds you. God sees you. God knows you. God sees past and through and behind and in until he finds you. He's looking for you. And he was looking for Eve in the garden. Each day he would come to find her and to walk with her and to be with her. You know, we know the story, what happened. Adam and Eve chose their own will, decided to go another way than what God had intended for them. And of course, through their disobedience, they were separated from God. Can you imagine how much more that need inside us as women grew and grew and grew and grew over time when we were taken out of our garden, when we were, we were separated from God? And all this inside of us that needed to be fulfilled, this, this part of us that, that yearns to be loved, to be seen, to be cherished, to be fought for, all of that inside of us was almost like it had to be shut down or it had to be contained, or it, it had to be somehow misconstrued that something else would give that to us, whether it be lust, or whether it be this, or it would be that. Whatever we could fill up, that need inside of us was like an empty hole that we just wanted to fill, 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 because someone has to make me feel like I'm known. Someone has to make me feel like I'm seen. Someone has to see me. Someone has to know me. Someone, surely someone can fight for me. And as girls, you know, we grow up in the world, this separateness from God, this, this void inside of us that, you know, we just don't know how to feel. I don't know if, you know, if you're a Christian in this room tonight or, or you are or you have been, but I remember clearly as if it was yesterday what it felt like to walk throughout the earth with a void 
with a hole, with, with questions unanswered, with desires not met inside my being and trying to fill it up with false love and whatever else was around until the day that I looked into the eyes and locked eyes with the one who saw me, the one who found me, the one who knew me, the one who had fought for me, the one who cherishes me. Amen. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he is the Father in the flesh come to walk in the garden with us again, in the garden of our hearts. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a curtain in the temple where the presence of God was behind. The temple was rent in two. And the presence of God came back out, came back out into the world and came to connect again. Jesus is the gate opener. He holds the key to our secret garden. Anybody ever seen the movie The Secret Garden? You guys are so quiet. It's freaking me out. Does somebody smile, laugh, look at me, like wink something? It's like... <laughs> listening in. I can hear you breathing. Yeah, The Secret Garden? Yeah. Is that picture? Oh, look, there it is. See, it's like the garden that Jesus is calling us into. This garden of intimacy has been hidden from us. And even we can become Christians and we can, you know, we can do all the stuff. We can read our Bible. We can pray. We can, you know, but he is drawing his women He's drawing his people back to that place of deep intimacy. He wants us to come back to the garden. He wants us to come back to that place where every day we're walking with him. He sees us. He knows us. He pursues us. He fights for us. And we feel fulfilled. And there's a lock on the door of that. And the Bible says that Jesus went and fought for the keys to that lock. The keys that separated us from God. Jesus went to hell, took the keys of hell and death, rose from the dead on the third day, went to sit at the right hand of the Father, and then he came down and he said, here's the key. Come on in. Come on into the garden with me. And we don't understand how intimately he wants to know us. We, we don't understand how much he wants to just fulfill every need that's in our lives. No man's going to do that. No boyfriend's going to do that. No father is going to do that. No friend is going to do that. No husband can do that. No girlfriend can do that. Your children can't do that. As incredible as your children are, they cannot fill the void in you. They can only be filled with what you were created for in the first place, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Closeness to God. It's incredible. 
There's a, a new translation of the Bible called the Song of Songs. Uh, I mean, sorry, called the Passion Translation. And it's really taking the translation of the Bible and it's taking it right back to the, the proposed prophetic interpretation. The interpretation that, that God would want us to hear. And there's so much revelation in this translation of the Bible. It's incredible. And he's translated this guy, the Song of Songs, in the, trans, uh, the Passion Translation. And it's a prophetic, the Song of Songs. Who knows the Song of Songs? Who's, is that one of those books that you just skip over because you just go, what's that? Um, some people think it's, it's an erotic book, that it's a book about sex between a man and a woman or a relationship between a man and a woman. In fact, I got asked to do a wedding once and uh, Phil and I were doing a wedding and they wanted both of us to do it. And, um, and I was asked, for your part in the wedding, <laughs> would you read a part of the Song of Songs on my behalf to my husband <laughs> or to my wife? You know, just can you read it as if it's us speaking to each other? And it was like, oh, your breasts are like two fawns and, you know, let me climb your pomegranates and... It's like, you know, I said no. <laughs> That's not part of the deal. It's not worth 350 bucks. You do it, you can say it to each other. So they said it to each other, and it was all good, but it's like, wow. So, so the Song of Songs has been interpreted in a way as like this passionate book um, about, you know, a man and a woman. When in actual fact, it's actually a prophetic proclamation by King Solomon seeing into the future of the relationship that the Shulamite, which is the born-again Christian, whether it be male or female, Shulamite is either male or female, would have with Jesus the king. So it's a... Can I take this down? I feel like I'm too far away from everybody. So it's like... Dearest Jesse, get down. <laughs> She tried. <laughs> good, good, good. See, you've got to be fought for, Jessica. <laughs> um, what was I? Thank you. You were listening. So it's the Shulamite, which is the born again Christian and the king. Now, that can mean male or female, but tonight we're just going to look at the female side of it, okay? So this is like King Jesus, and this is like the love story, your love story, <coughs> between you and him. That's basically what the Song of Songs is. It's the, it's the prophetic foretelling of the intimate relationship between you and your King Jesus. We are one in spirit with our King we have been reunited with him. You have become the Shulamite. So those of you who don't understand, you will in a minute. As I read it, you'll get it. The prophetic interpretation of the scripture is incredible. You know, just imagine that you've found the key to this secret garden. You've turned the key. You've walked into this garden and you're face to face with someone who looks so deeply into your soul and into your being that you know you've been found. 
you know you've been discovered. You know that you have been seen. You know that you are being cherished and loved and fought for all at once. That's what this is like. So in chapter 1 in Song of Songs in the Passion Translation, it says this. Now this is the Shulamite speaking to the king. So this is you speaking to Jesus. Smother me with kisses. His spirit kissed divine. So kind your caresses. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. Your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing. Over and over poured out. For your lovely name is flowing oil. No wonder the brides to be, you know, the Bible talks about us being the brides of Jesus. No wonder the brides to be adore you. Draw me into your heart and lead me out. We will run together into your cloud-filled chamber. When she says, smother me with kisses, that interpretation of the word kisses there is the same word that is used when God breathed on Adam and breathed life into him. So when she says, smother me with your kisses, she's saying, breathe supernatural life onto me. Smother me with supernatural life. Breathe into me and let me live, she's saying to him. His spirit kiss, that's what a spirit kiss is. It's a spirit kiss. It makes you live on the inside. So kind, your caresses. You know that word caresses is also, is loves in the, pur- in the plural? Because the way that he loves you can never be said in the singular. Because he, he loves you with many loves, with many ways, in every way. Where some people might be able to love you like that, and someone might be able to love you like that. My kids love me like a mum. My husband loves me like a wife. You know what I mean? My friends love me like a friend. Shelley loves me like a pastor. But he loves me with all the loves, every love, every love, every love. So kind are your caresses, so kind are your loves. Like the sweetest wine. You know that? That interpretation means this. You can feel so loved that you feel drunk on love. <coughs> ever felt like that? Have you ever felt been in the presence of the Lord when you just feel drunk on love? I've been in meetings where I've just like got down on my knees and I can't get up. And I'm just like, like I never want to leave this place. I never want to come out of here. I've been in times in my bedroom where the presence of the Lord just comes in and I'm just laying out in my bed like this. And I'm like, I never want to come out of this. It's like I'm so drunk on this love. I just never want to leave his presence. He's so beautiful. This is like, take me home now. Just right now. Take me home. Let's go. You know, this is just too beautiful. It's like being drunk. Oh, my gosh. And then, we, and then we go down. She says here, we will run away together. Draw me into your heart. 
draw me into your heart and lead me out. We will run away together into your cloud-filled chamber. This cloud-filled chamber here. Ever wanted to run away, by the way? Um, where's Heidi? Heidi, you know, five kids screaming at you at once, husband saying, where's dinner? <laughs> you know, there's got to be times where you just, Sarah... Yeah, I knew Sarah would fess up. Where you just go, five kids, you know, like, and you just, you want to run away. And you know what you can? You actually can. You can actually put some worship music on, and I've taught Sarah how to do that, haven't I, Sarah? Just put all the kids are screaming, just put the worship music on, just start to sing and dance through the house. Oh, I love you, Jesus, so beautiful. And, you know, everything settles down, and you run away with him into your cloud-filled chamber. The cloud-filled chamber speaks of the Holy of Holies. It speaks of the most holy place. It's him drawing you in to that most holy place, like in a chamber where you're just in somewhere with him and, and, and the world just doesn't seem to be out there. Ever been there? We're just like, oh, just like so safe in here. So, so beautiful. If you haven't been there, you need to experience it. And then it's the chorus. This is the chorus of the friends. So we all do this together. You ready? So she says this, you know, the Shulamite, and then all the friends say this, and we all say this together. Go on, let's ready. We will remember your love as we laugh and rejoice in you, celebrating your every kiss as better than wine. No wonder righteousness adorns you. You know, when, when you're walking around and you know that you know that you know that you're loved, the people around you will begin to say, what is it about you? You know, Christine, no matter what trials you go through, I'm telling you, what is it about you? I look at you and I see Jesus like pouring out of every pore of, of your skin and even in trials where you feel like he's far away. He says he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You, you shine and emanate him, Christine, wherever you go. You know, and then all the women look at you and they just go, oh, you know, we're just like laughing and rejoicing in you because... No wonder righteousness adores you. And then she says this, the Shulamite. Jerusalem maidens, in this twilight darkness, I know I am unworthy, so in need. You know, one of the things that keeps us away from this intimate place is that we, as soon as we come into the presence of one so beautiful, one so bright, one so light, one so pure, one so holy, one so clean, one so incredibly illuminated in love and purity and holiness, we come towards him and the first thing we do is go, oh, don't look at me. You know, it's like when you wake up in the morning, you look at your husband, it's like, don't look at me. It's like, it's like shame straight away. We still... We still have that shame of that fall. We still want to run outside the garden because surely he couldn't love me. Surely he wouldn't look at me. Surely he sees my flaws. Surely he sees my sin. Surely he sees, you know, that I, that I didn't read my Bible this morning or I haven't prayed for a week. Or surely he sees me yelling at my kids or, you know, throwing pots and pans at my husband. Surely he sees this stuff. You show me, 
you know, when I had that accident yesterday and I swore my head off, surely he saw that. When I had that road rage at that person, like surely he sees these things. She says, Jerusalem maiden, in this twilight darkness, I know I am unworthy, so, so in need. In other words, the twilight darkness, it's like that place between, you know, where we are and where we're going. You know, that place from where we are to where we're going. It's, it's like in the middle of the process, how could he possibly look at me in my process? And then, I know I'm unworthy, so we need. And the shepherd king says to her, yeah, you are so lovely. He just comes straight back. Yeah, you are so lovely. See, he, he doesn't see. There is no shadow of turning in him. There is no darkness in him. There is no sin. He conquered it. He paid a price for it. There is no judgment. He became your judgment. He took your punishment. He took your sin. He took your darkness so that when he stands before you, he can look you straight in the eye and say, yeah, you are so loved. And then the Shulamite again says, but I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents. I, haven't, I feel so dry, God. My relationship, Jesus, with you is just so dry. I just feel like so dark, like the desert tents of the wandering nomads. And he comes back at her again. He says, yeah, you are so lovely like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. <laughs> you know, we say, I haven't even put my mascara on yet. You know, it's like I'm a fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. That's how he sees you. That's how he sees you 24-7. That's how he sees you when you're asleep at night and he, and he hovers over your bed to just have, just have a peek at you just because he just can't keep his eyes off you. He's ravaged by you. He wants to be near you. He wants to be in you and around you. And he's passionately, passionately, passionately in love with you. When he looks at you, you're the only one he sees. You are it. And the Shulamite says to her friends, please don't stare in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. I have faced the angry glare of my brothers as they pointed me guardian in their ministry vineyards. How many of you have you been judged by brothers and sisters and, and people within the church or within society or around your lives? You know, I've faced their glares. I know the way they look at me. I know they judge me. Please don't judge me. You know, I, I, I don't want to be judged anymore. She said, I know what it's like. And it says as they appointed me guardian of their ministry vineyards, and yet the care of my own vineyard within, I've neglected. You know what? We can get so caught up. There's, there's a song on this um, new album by Bethel, and it says, what can I do for you? What can I bring to you? What kind of song do you want me to sing? I'll dance a dance for you. I'll pour out my life for you. What can I do for you, beautiful king? And then he just turns to her and he says, you don't have to do a thing. Just leave that stuff for later and come away with me. Leave the busyness of life 
leave the stuff, leave the I've got to do stuff, and I'm talking to you, Katrina, and come away with me. I'm talking to me. (laughs) Right there, I spoke to me in there. Leave the busy stuff and come away with me. You know, as they appointed me guardian over their ministry of vineyards, yet the care of my own vineyard within I've neglected. Won't you tell me, lover of my soul, where do you feed your flock? Like, where can I get filled up? Where can I go, lover of my soul? Where do you feed your flock? Where, where do you lead your beloved ones to rest in the heat of the day? Do you know, we live in a day where we just get so worn out. We work longer hours. We, we work more days. You know, nothing ever shuts anymore on a Sunday. We can't even have one day of rest. It's just on and on, and then it rolls into another week and rolls into another day. And all the mums, you know, you know, waking up and, hey, Rach, yeah, it's another feed. And it's, an, you know, I know, it's like three years since I've been to sleep. And, you know, and it just it just goes on and on and on. We're just... We're just stuck in this place. But where can I go to rest from the heat of the day? Like, where, do you ta- where are you going to take me, Jesus? You know, there needs to come a place and a time where we say, you know, I could just leave that for a minute. I could just leave that for a minute. And I could say, Jesus, where are you going to take me today? What adventure are we going to go on? What are you going to discover in me today? What are you going to pursue in me today? What are you going to find in me today that you cherish? What are you going to fight for in me today? What war will you fight for me? What war of my soul will we overcome today together? It's, it's, it's the most exciting journey. And as women, we get so busy and so distracted that we miss out on the craziest adventure we could have if we just said yes to the shepherd of our soul more often, say, where can we go? What are we going to do today? I say to the girls, I make date times with Jesus. I like to make date times because how many of you know if you don't make a date, you don't do it. And when we first started in ministry, Tuesday nights was my date night with Jesus. I had, you know, small children. When we started ministry, I had three kids and four kids and Gemma was only six months old and you know it was crazy and so I had to say every Tuesday night I would say to my husband put all the kids to bed I'd say do not come into our room until I've had my date and I would light candles and put music on just make it really nice and then I would just go in there I'd say here I am you know just love on me You know, I'm not here to pound heaven or, you know, intercede for the lost of the world. I do that every day of every other week. But this is my date night. This is the night where you get to love me, where I get to stop and to be with you. She says here, for I wish to be wrapped all around you. I wish to be wrapped all around you. (laughs) I just got a funny picture there, you know. You know when you, you know when someone's standing there, you ran up and you, you know, you do that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that. I feel like Jesus, where are you? 
down. Oh, I'm just going to hang on for life, you know, because I hate life without you. I'm just going to grab on until you look at me and spend time with me. For I wish to be wrapped all around you as I go among the flocks of your under-shepherds. It is you I long for with no veil between us. It is you I long for with no... The curtain has been written too. There is nothing that separates you now from the presence of God. It's you I long for with no veil between us. And then he says, this is only chapter one, by the way. Chapter one of the most incredible book. And it says, listen, he says, okay, this is to you, ready? Listen, listen. Are you listening? My radiant one. If you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Come with your burdens and cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. There you will find me, my dearest one. Let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. I just thought that was funny. But I don't know if Phil said that to me, but I'd be really pleased. And it's like, look at you like... Pharaoh's finest horse, but I'm sure there's, there were beautiful horses and a strong regal steed, you know, it's like ste- steed, is it? Ste- steed, yeah, that pulls his royal chariot. Your tender cheeks are aglow. Your earrings and gem-laden necklaces set them ablaze. We will, embrace, we will enhance your beauty. Now he starts to speak about the Trinity. When he says we, he starts to say, okay, now we're all going to get in on this. Now you're going to have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're all going to enhance your beauty. We're going, to, we're going to dig deep inside of you until we find the original. We're going to dig deep, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, inside of you until we find what we were created you originally to be. We're going to move the rubbish. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and bring light and revelation. And the Father's going to come and He's going to move stuff out of the way. He's going to hug you until you cry. He's going to sit you on His lap. And he, it says in the Bible that He dangles you on His knee, dandles you on His knee. And me, Jesus, I'm going to be there. I'm just going to be the one that goes between you. And we're going to, we, it says we. So it says, it says here, we. Where's we? We will enhance your beauty, encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. And then the Shulamite says, As the king surrounded me, the sweet fragrance of my praise perfume awakened the night. You know, suddenly she's not like stuck in the night anymore. Suddenly she's not ashamed anymore. Suddenly there's no darkness anymore. Because as the king surrounded her, the sweet fragrance of my praise perfume awakened the night. A sachet of myrrh is my lover, like a tied up bundle of myrrh resting over my heart. Like the bouquet of henna blossoms, I will hold him and never let him part. Henna plucked near the vines at the mountain of the lamb. You know, the interpretation of that myrrh right there, when it talks about myrrh, it says the bundle tied up myrrh is an incredible picture of the cross, known as the, um, known as the embalming spice, myrrh. It is always associated with suffering. The suffering love of Jesus will always be over her heart for the rest of her days. 
the revelation of our beloved tied up as a bundle on the cross will be over our hearts, the price that he paid. A satchel of myrrh is my lover, like a tied up bundle of myrrh resting over my heart. Like a bouquet of henna blossoms, I will hold him and never let him part. Henna plucked near the vines at the fountain of the lamb. And then the shepherd king says to her, look at you, my dearest darling. You're so lovely. Are you hearing this? This is like Jesus speaking to you. You are beauty itself to me. Your passionate eyes are like loyal, gentle doves. Now he's beginning to say to her, because the eyes of doves are like the Holy Spirit. And he's beginning to say to her, now you're getting it. Now you're getting revelation eyes. Now you're starting to see me as I really am. And you're starting to see you as you really are. As you spend time in my presence, it's like your dove's eyes are coming alive. And you're starting to get excited for her because she's starting to see. And then the Shulamite says to him, my beloved one, you're a blessing beyond words and so winsome. Our resting place is anointed and flourishing like a green forest meadow bathed in light. Rafters of cedar, branches over our head, and balconies of pleasant-smelling pines, a perfect home. Just listen to this for a minute. As if it's Jesus speaking to you and you speaking to Jesus, it's just going to take a minute, and then, then we're, going to, we're going to ask Jesus to sing. The Most Amazing Song of All by King Solomon. Let him smother me with his kisses, the sweet spirit kiss of his mouth. How kind are your caresses, filling me with continual delight and ecstasy, more than anything I've ever known before. Just close your eyes as you're listening. Your anointing releases such a pleasing fragrance. Your very name is flowing oil, poured out over and over. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. Lift me up and lead me out in pursuit of you. We will run away together into your cloud-filled chamber. We will all remember your love for us. We all will celebrate and rejoice over you. We will sing with praises our lyrics of your better-than-wine love. It is no wonder righteousness adores you. <sighs> Jerusalem maidens, in this twilight darkness, I know I'm so unworthy. I'm so in need. Yet you are so lovely. I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents of the wandering nomads. Yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen curtains of the holy place. Please don't stare at me in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. For life under the sun has embittered me, and the anger of my brothers has frustrated me. 
see how they've appointed me caretaker of their ministry vineyards, while the care of my own inner vineyard I've neglected. Won't you tell me, lover of my soul, where do you feed your lovers? Where do you lead your beloved ones? Where do they rest in the heat of the day? Why must I keep wandering in shame near the flocks of your under-shepherds? I must have you with no veil between us. Listen, my most beautiful one. If you ever lose sight of me, just follow my footsteps where I've led my beloved ones. Come with all your burdens and cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. There you will find me. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze at you is like gazing at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, the strong, regal steeds which pull his royal chariot. Your tender cheeks are so radiant, your earrings and gem-laden necklaces set them ablaze. We will make you even more beautiful, encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. As the king surrounded me, the sweet fragrance of my praise perfume spread forth everywhere. My lover is to me like a tied-up bundle of myrrh, resting over my heart throughout the night. I hold my beloved as a bouquet of sweet henna blossoms, fragrant with redeeming love from the vineyards near the fountain of the Lamb. My dearest darling, you are so lovely. You are beauty itself to me. For your eyes of passion, they're like gentle, loyal doves. Look at you, my beloved one. You are pleasing beyond description and so winsome. Our resting place is anointed and flourishing like a green forest meadow bathed in light. Over our heads are beams of cedar branches and balconies of pleasant-smelling pines, a perfect home. A couple of weeks ago, I was just in the presence of the Lord and I was listening to this song that Jesse's about to sing just laying in the presence of the Lord in my room. And as I was listening to this song, I just had this incredible vision. And I I saw myself first as a little girl dancing with my dad because my dad used to dance with me. And he'd always say to me, just stand on my feet and and I'll teach you how to dance because he was a ballroom dancer. And I'd stand on his feet and he'd just whisk me around the floor and I'd dance with him. It was just the most beautiful feeling hanging on to my daddy dancing. And as I grew up in this vision, I could see myself dancing with him as a young woman and dancing. My dad went to heaven about six years ago now. And, you know, I haven't been able to dance with him, but in in this vision, I was dancing with my dad. And my dad always taught me when he was dancing with me, he'd always say, you know, make sure if someone goes to cut in that you don't be rude, that if someone comes and taps you on the shoulder, you've got to say, okay, and you've got to hand over your partner, you know. And so I'm dancing with my dad, and I, and I saw someone tap on my dad's shoulder, and my dad stepped to the side and went like that, and he handed me to Jesus. 
and I grabbed onto Jesus and I went to get onto Jesus' feet and he said, you don't need to do that. He said, we can just waltz around this room because my love will carry you. And we just started waltzing and waltzing around the room. And then when I looked to the side, there was my dad. He wasn't an old man anymore. He was young, the way that I would imagine he would look in heaven. He was standing on the sidelines applauding like this. And I was listening to this song. You know, you can have the most incredible, intimate moments with Jesus that change your life if you just open up that door and let him into those intimate places with you and give him time. Let's just listen to this song for a minute. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.